This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in First Alignment podcast channel. My name is Kayla, and today I'm really excited because I have Maria Henning back on for the part two that we said we were going to do like three months ago, (laughs) and now we're here. (laughs) I messaged her, and I was like, hey, we really need to do this part two, and so I'm excited because we've had some time in between the episodes, and now we can dive into the changes that have happened and just continue on the conversation. So I'm really excited today. We're going to talk about some human design things, but more in particular, we're going to dive into the Venus sequence, which is really awesome. And we're going to talk about the gene keys because obviously I love human design and the gene keys. So Maria, welcome back. So excited Yay. to have you here. But love yes. if you could just give a little mini intro to the peeps who are new, and then we're just going to dive into our conversation. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me back. Um, if you don't know me yet, my name is Maria Henning. Um, I'm originally from Venezuela and I grew up in Texas and now I live in Boston. So if you heard the previous episode, it was like I was moving, didn't know where, and I ended up in Boston where I went to university and I've been here for a couple months now. and just loving it. Um, and I have a coaching company and a software company with the human design and gene key system. So uh, lots of I teach them, I, I coach with them, I have digital courses on them, and then I also created an entire app uh, for human design and gene keys professionals as well. So it's a little bit about what I do. And of course, you have to know that I'm a 2-5 emotional manifesting generator. So good. I love that the last episode, we like, you were kind of like, yeah, I'm moving, but I don't know where yet. And so we just kind of left this sort of <laughs> cliffhanger. And then now you're like, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. I'm so excited. These, this is what I'm working on. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So before we uh, dive, yes. before we dive into things, I want to ask you first, before we hit record, I said to Maria, I was like, I really want to talk about this, these things I've been hearing in the online space about manifesting generators. And I mean, I guess you could say it's conflicting information, but at the end of the day, I think that people just need to choose what they resonate with and leave the rest. But I just love hearing specifically from Manny Jones, like what your experience is, because obviously I'm a generator. I can't speak to this. Like I can just share what I think, but it's not going to mean as much as, you know, coming from you. So the things I'm hearing in the online space are, you know, we see in very traditional human design, there's like, some say there's four types. So they like crunch together manifesting generators and generators because they both have their sacral defined. And then I also see this information about how manifesting generators aren't designed, they're not meant to inform, like they're here to respond. So I'm really curious, I would love for you to share your opinion about this or your own personal experience, because I'm more of someone who's going to like, look at the conscious side and the unconscious side and all of this, but you as a manifesting generator, you're like a conscious and unconscious manifesting generator through and through where sometimes I'll see like yeah. a manager and then a projector and then a reflector all in one. So it's very different. So I would love to hear your insight on this. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So definitely in so traditional human design, there are four aura types for sure. And manifesting generators are seen as generators who have manifesting capacity because we have a motor center uh, powering our throat either directly or indirectly, right? We can have you know, for me, like the 3420 sacral to throat channel, you can have it, you know, I have it consciously and unconsciously, which is why I'm a manager through and through. Um, people can have, you know, 
their ego defined to their throat and then their sacral to the spleen and they're split, you know? So there's very different ways that we can be many gens. Um, so what's the thing about informing that you have to get is it's not necessary. So manifestors don't need to inform. They're here to initiate and informing is just a way of like creating of like dissipating the resistance of them initiating something. So it's kind of like telling other people what they're about to initiate, but they don't necessarily need to initiate. It just makes it easier and it makes it some like more peaceful, you know what I mean, for, for manifestors. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they can just go and initiate and like have a, have a blast, right? For the manifesting generator capacity, where I like land on this is, yes, we're designed to respond first, right? Because we do have that sacral define and that's what's going to then create something for us to initiate, but we do have the initiating capacity. And what informing is, is also just for us to dissipate the resistance, right? It's not, it isn't necessary. It just is helpful. And so for me as a manifesting generator, and I was in a relationship with a manifesting generator for like two and a half years, and I have a lot of manifesting generators in my life, I do find informing to be extremely helpful. <laughs> like we move so quickly. And so telling people what we're about to do is like, really nice because we just turn into tornadoes and we leave a wake of destruction, you know? And so when you tell people I'm about to turn into a category five hurricane and like, <laughs> I need you to know that it's a lot nicer for them. And then it's a lot nicer for us. So that's where, that's where I stand on it. Um, and like we were talking about before, where there's kind of different, you know, connections that can make you a, a Manny Jen. It's like, for me having like, just all of my energy is going to the throat, it, you know, in gate 20, like, you know, I look at my chart and it just feels like a little swoop, you know, from the emotional center and the root center through the sacral and the spleen and then directly to the throat. It's like, I, everything's going to my throat all the time. It's all pushing towards there. So informing is really important for me. For somebody like I've had, uh, you know, many gens where it's like sacral, then to root, then to spleen, then to throat. It's like very indirect. Like maybe for them informing doesn't feel quite as important. Maybe they're not as quick as I am in terms of like a 3420, just like doubly defined, like psychotic, you know, multitasking <laughs> channel in the now, you know, and I have the gate 57, which is like intuitively like now, like do it now. You know what I mean? Um, like just before, you know, jumping on this call, I like signed up to a program that I've been meaning to sign up for a long time because I got the intuitive hit and it's like, yeah, you know, so um, for, for different people informing might feel better slash like, you know, not as necessary. So yeah, informing isn't necessary. It's just helpful for man manifestors. And then in my opinion, also many gens to kind of warn people that there's a wake of destruction coming. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I, oh, that I was funny. Cause I was listening to our, our first podcast episode together and I was like re laughing at all the funny things you were saying, like how you're talking about this, like greedy man living inside of you. And we we're talking about, um, that gate of like moving from a greed to ascension and so on. I was like, Oh my gosh, like your metaphors are so good. So now you're talking about, yes, this, this void of math destruction and class five hurricane. I'm like, yes, this yeah. is so like animated. So good. I love yeah. it. Good. I really, I really appreciate how you're just emphasizing that like it can go either way and that it's not like a definite thing because I see this online. People are like manifesting generators are not meant to inform. And I'm like, why would you put the limitation there? You know, like for example, for you, like you talk about how you resonate with with an informing, but you don't have any manifested channels or hanging gates at all in your chart, right? So it's like, 
how can you like it really is going to depend on the person like how can you just classify someone based off of their aura you know what I mean so I really loved your response to that and I'm so I really hope that that brings clarity to people because like I've had people kind of slide into my DMs and be like Kayla like what do you think of this post or what do you think of this and I'm just like losing my mind because I'm like well you're being put into a box so how do you feel about it like (laughs) right yeah no for sure I think I think it's interesting because I don't, I don't necessarily get a lot of questions like that. And I, I don't know if it's because I just believe that everybody gets to be, gets to trust themselves like the most, you know what I mean? And, and I treat people as capable all the time of like, I know you can figure it out. I know that you can read this information and like get, you know, that like know what's resonates with you and know what's, what's truthful for you. Um, and so, cause that's, that's the way that I like approach it. It's like, th- this isn't, I love human design. I love Yankees. I would literally like, I don't know, do anything to discover these things again. Like, I'm so glad that I discovered them. Like I, I was going to say like, I would die for jinkies. That's not, that's so dramatic, but it's like, I love it so much. And it's not like the all end all be all truth. And so um, just always taking it with a grain of salt, always like trusting yourself first is like the way that I love to like approach these systems. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good. So before we hit record, I think we're going to dive into the gene keys today. Cause you were saying how this is something that was like yeah. really lighting your soul on fire. And this is something that I I've, I've been dabbling in the gene keys and I always mix gene keys and human design. And like, that's usually how I approach the incarnation crosses. Cause like, I haven't really specifically yeah. studied the incarnation crosses, but I find when I give this visual of like, this is your genius sequence, like, let's talk about this. Like that makes more sense to people than being like, you're a Rex of this and whatever in the Phoenix. And I- it's like what does that even mean you know so I was laughing because Maria's like yeah I would love to talk about gene keys and the Venus sequence and I'm just going to share this little backstory because I find it really funny how the universe works you know like you start to dabble in something so I'm like I've done I've gone into the pearl sequence I've done the genius I haven't done the Venus sequence and so you know, a couple of weeks ago, my client was like, oh, I really want to get into the Venus sequence. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I haven't done this yet. Like, I guess this is now my time. So then I downloaded the book. I started reading about it, went onto the Gene Keys website. And then all of a sudden I started chatting with Maria and she's like, yeah, I'm like really getting into the Venus sequence. And I'm like, oh my God, because the Venus sequence is all about cracking open your heart and like really looking at, you know, the emotional baggage and shit that gets imprinted on you when you're, you know, either consciously or unconsciously and there's more amazing things to it as well but usually people avoid this sequence so I would love if you could maybe give like a quick intro to the gene keys a little bit about each of the sequences and then let's like talk about the Venus sequence because I think this is like so gold people will understand the spheres and whatnot too yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so let's talk about the the gene keys my one true love so the gene keys just to kind of go back where do they come from the founder of the gene keys the guy who the transmission came through is a guy named richard rudd Um, he was a mystic and a lifelong like spiritual you know enthusiast for a long time and studied the I Ching, which is the 64 hexagrams of masculine and feminine energy that in human design are described as the gates, right? So Richard Rudd already studied the I Ching. He was already like a super mystical individual. Then he found Ra and he was like, whoa, this guy mapped the hexagrams of the I Ching onto the body and according to like astrological signs, like what's that about? And he became a human design, one of the first like human design people. And he studied human design uh, and all that good stuff. And then through his own like spiritual experiences and connection, he downloaded the Gene Keys systems. So that's where it comes from. And in the Gene Keys, we are looking specifically at the gates and the hexagrams, which are the same thing. A hexagram is a gate, is a Gene Key. It's just these three different, these three systems talk about them in different ways. So what the Gene Keys does is it takes the gate of human design and it says, awesome, you have a 
gate 54 conscious said, like we talked about for me last time, does, that's great. Gate 54 is all about ambition and all that good stuff. Gene keys goes, okay, but are you operating in a shadow state, which is all about suffering? Are you operating in a gift state, which is all about service? Or are you operating in a city state or city or cidic state, which is all about surrender? So it's saying, okay, cool, you have this, but are you a victim of it or not? Are you empowered in it? Or are you being in service of it? Um, so each of those uh, hexagrams or gates becomes a path to enlightenment specifically. We're going from the shadow to the city. But the other cool thing that we got from the Gene Keys that Richard downloaded for us um, is uh, the three sequences of the golden path. So we have the uh, genius sequence, which is all about purpose and it's very physical. We have the Venus sequence which is what we've been talking about, which is all about like love and partnership. And then we have the pearl sequence, which a lot of us like business owners know because it's all about prosperity and career. And it's like very much like action oriented. So yeah, that's a little bit of an introduction into the Gene Keys. Does that feel clear? Oh yeah, that was really good. It was so good. Cool. Awesome. So yeah, so we have each of the gene keys as a pathway, and then we have these three pathways to enlightenment. The, you know, saying enlightenment sounds really intense, but it's not that you're supposed to like sit down one day and like read the gene keys and like, boom, you're enlightened as we know. Um, it's uh, the path of the gene keys is the path of contemplation. So just kind of sitting with it. Uh, my favorite description of the path of contemplation is like you're holding like a puzzle treasure box in your hands and you don't necessarily know where the latch is but you just kind of enjoy the sensation of running your fingers over the latch and over the over the box and eventually just without realizing it you kind of your thumb hits the right spot and boom the like latch opens and like you know you get you find the gift inside um so it's a very gentle playful uh very feminine path um and uh that's what we're here to do is just kind of contemplate these guys which for us generators i know is hard because we're like what do we do with the gene keys but you don't do anything with the gene keys oh my god <laughs> when Randy, so Randy was my, one of the support coaches in SSDC and I've, I've done podcast interviews with her as well. So if you've been listening for a while, you know who she is. So I remember when she was teaching us about the gene keys, she was so lit because she obviously loves the gene keys. Like she breathes us like 24 seven and you know, she's telling, she's talking about the gene keys. I'm like, okay, well, how do you do the gene keys? And I was like such a little keener being a little generator. I'm like, how do you do the gene keys? She's like, Kayla, you don't do the gene keys. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, where's the journal prompts? Where's the meditations? Where's the like, you know, releasing of my shadows? Like it was, it was such a non, my like very traditional approach to personal growth and development was like smashing up against the fact that gene keys is so contemplative. And I was like, you mean it gets to be that easy? Like this, you know what I mean? I love that metaphor that you had about the box, right? Because it really is that because yeah. it's like, the more you contemplate them, it's like the more you give them life because where your focus goes, energy flows, right? So then if you're if you're contemplating the shadow and the gift and the city of a sphere of a gene key, and then all of a sudden you start to notice these patterns in your life and it starts to expand. And then you start to see like, oh my gosh, this is why this was like this. Or, oh my God, I can see how this is happening. And it's like, it's a realization. And I think that's part of the, the enlightenment that we talk about when it comes to the gene keys. So I'm loving what you're saying so far. It's so good. Yay. I'm glad. Yeah. I really admire Randy and all of her gene key studies. She's a couple years ahead of me and I'm like, cool. Like that's where I want to be like with my like studies of it. Like I like want to dive into all the things, but I've also been like a couple years into the gene keys and just like the more that I learn about them, the more obsessed I am. So I'm glad that this is like resonating and feels, feels clear. Um, but you asked about the Venus sequence specifically. So let's talk about the Venus sequence and like give a little yeah. intro there. So in the, we have to talk, we have to talk about the genius sequence so you can understand the Venus sequence a little bit. So the first sequence 
and, and by the way, you don't have to necessarily start here, but this is just kind of a natural starting point. Um, the Gene Keys is holographic, so you can start anywhere and you'll eventually find your way all around the sequence. It's not something that you do once, you do it every time that you want to like level up or grow or whatever, and you can start wherever you want. But there is a natural starting point in the activation sequence or genius sequence because it's all about purpose and it's very personal. It's like, what is my purpose? It's very... Um, it's not about other people yet, you know, that's, that's where we get into the Venus sequence. So we start with us and our own personal purpose. Um, and that's where we go through our life's work and our evolution and our radiance. And then the last path is grounding into our core stability by committing to our purpose. And that's where we start with the Venus sequence. So you've, you've done all this work, you know what your life's work is, you know, the evolution that triggers you, you know, the radiance that keeps you healthy, and you've now committed to your purpose and really grounded all of that into your core stability. So now you're being asked to commit to that uh, because where we typically compromise our purpose is in relationships, right? You, you know, you go to a personal development seminar, you know, you have this amazing experience, you meet yourself in this like new, new way and you declare, I am the possibility of love and, you know, expansion. And then you go home and your mom triggers you and you're no longer the possibility of love and expansion anymore. You have become something else, right? You aren't, you're compromising your purpose. So relationships is where the real work starts is kind of like the thing of the Gene Keys. It's like they are the most, uh, the way Richard describes it that I love is they're the most, in, they're the most intensive spiritual classroom, something like that. It's like they're the most like difficult, but like rewarding of spiritual classrooms. It's very intense. So that's where we start with the, with the, with the Venus sequence. So you get to commit to your purpose. So like in my case, my purpose is a 51.5, uh, which is actually Ra's conscious son is a 51.5. So I'm always like, Ra, I got you boy. Like, I understand having this, <laughs> this, this uh, key. Um, so I'm the voice of initiation. My voice initiates people is essentially what that's saying. So am I going to commit to that? Or am I going to crumble and become, you know, an agitated victimizer, which would be the shadow of a 51.5 purpose. Um, so that first pathway is called uh, karma. Uh, sorry, dharma, because you're either going to attract your dharma, your purpose, or you're going to attract a lot of drama, right? Um, the next the next sphere up is called attraction, because from there, and this is your unconscious moon placement, from there, you're being asked to attract uh, the people that are going to support you in filling out your purpose, right, or fulfilling your purpose. Um, so you say, I'm a voice of, of initiation, my voice initiates people, now are you going to attract those people or not? Um, and that's where the attraction sphere is. And from there, we have the pathway of karma because then you start to really attract those people um, to, to help you fulfill your purpose. So the first two are kind of like about attracting those individuals um, and, you, and you saying, I'm going to be, I'm going to fulfill my purpose. And then from there, we have a mirror to the uh, genius sequence where we have the cha uh, pathway of challenge, the pathway of breakthrough and the pathway of core stability. They're mirrored in the next four spheres of the Venus sequence where we have the spheres of IQ, EQ, SQ, and core. And those pathways kind of mirror a challenge, a breakthrough, and a core stability. Uh, so the sphere of IQ is all about your intelligence quotient. So in this place is where we're looking at how your mind works and limiting beliefs that might stop you. This is your conscious Venus placement. Um, and this is like your wounded teenager archetype kind of coming through. So you said you wanted to be, you know, this purpose, you started to attract them. Now, what does your mind think about it is kind of the sphere of IQ. Um, from there, we have a challenge between the IQ and the EQ that's called the pathway of intelligence. Um, and the EQ 
is your like wounded tween uh, being super emotional and that's our conscious Mars placement. And so you said you wanted to be this, okay, you attracted them, you got your mind behind it, but what does your emotions say? Are, is your, are your emotions behind it? Um, what is that, you know, what is that about? From there, we have a sort of breakthrough because again, we're going from the conscious to the unconscious. So similar in the life's work and radiance um, where we're going, or similar to life's work and evolution, moving to radiance and purpose. We're moving from the conscious and on earth to the unconscious and on earth. From the IQ and EQ, we're moving from conscious Venus and conscious Mars to unconscious Venus and unconscious Mars. So there's that little pathway right there, which is called love. The pathway of love is similar to a breakthrough in that sense. Um, and then we get to your SQ, which is the center of the entire uh, uh, like profile. So if you look at the SQ, you see that it's literally in the center. It's like the heart of your profile. It's the highest expression of your heart is essentially what it's called. Uh, and the SQ is your unconscious Venus. Um, and so your SQ is like your little wounded child. Like the youngest version of you, your little spiritual self. Cause when we were born, we were just kind of like unconscious all the time and like fully in like theta state and just like, you know, <laughs> living unconsciously fully as souls. Um, and this is the highest expression of your heart. So you're looking at what is, how does your inner child, your inner like little soul, um, what is, what does she or he or they have to say about it, about this thing, this purpose that you want to be. And then finally, we reach our unconscious Mars, which in the Venus sequence is called the core, but then in the pearl sequence becomes our vocation. Um, and that last pathway is the pathway of realization. And again, mirrors this pathway of course stability, because you just said you wanted to be this purpose. You started to attract all these people. Your mind got, you got your mind behind it. You got your emotions behind it. You got your spirit behind it. And now you're being asked to look at the deepest, nastiest, most mortifying core wound, which is the sphere of core. And if you can look at that and heal that, uh, you become unfuckwithable, right? So it's, it's like a double core stability. So you first, you know, did this like personal core stability where you're like, you know, for in my case, I'm aspiration, expansion, intuition, and initiative. Uh, but then that's just me on my own in my apartment, you know, saying that I'm all these cool things with relationships. If I can really stay grounded, then I really, you become somebody that's unfuckwithable. And, and, you know, yeah, like my favorite, I've been reading please note like please say that you know this meme of the court of thorns and roses series <laughs> but one of them at the end if you guys are obsessed with court of thorns and roses and you've read the end there's a quote that i really like which is called uh which goes i'm the rock against i'm the rock against which the surf crashes something like that like i'm the rock that the wave crashes on i'm a little bit sick today so my words are like a little bit crazy but yeah, anyways okay. you're kind of this like rock against which the waves crash but you're fine like you are un unmovable, unfuckwithable. And so that's where we get to the sphere of core. And if you can look at that and heal that, of course, it's going to become your biggest like talent and gift, which is that why then we move into the pathway uh, or into the pearl sequence, you know, which was why then it becomes our vocation. So yeah, that's a little bit about the Venus sequence. Oh my gosh, that was so good. And I really, yeah, I really love the way that you explained it. And I think that you know, it's, it's interesting because when we look at, when you look at the human design chart, and I think that this is really interesting because it just goes to show how fluid we are be between conscious and unconscious, right? So when you look at the human design chart, obviously on the right hand side, we have all the conscious planets and gates and so on. And then we have all the unconscious on the left-hand side. And it's like, when we go through the Venus sequence, like we're passing through between conscious and unconscious. Right. And I know that one thing that I thought was really interesting is with the IQ, which is also known as the intelligence quotient, that, that imprinting is like 
between 15 to 21 years old. And then the EQ, which you said is about emotion is like eight to 14 years old. And then we get into the spiritual quotient. That's like your, um, that's between zero and seven years old. And then it's like the unconscious imprinting, like when you're in the core wound, the core wound known as like the vocation, once we alchemize that. So yeah, I would, I would love for us to, let's like talk about this fears. Cause I noticed something interesting, how you have 38 for IQ and EQ, and I actually mm-hmm. have uh, 41. So I have a double for, for EQ and SQ. So let's mm-hmm. talk about yours first. So 38, like, what is your experience? You know, cause then it's like literally for 15 years, there's this imprinting <laughs> in this pattern that you're seeing and the shadow struggle too. So what's been your contemplation with that? Yeah, for sure. And I'll just say really quickly to talk about those um, points that you were talking about, that is Saturn cycles, right? So Saturn takes 28 years to return. And so every seven years, it's either square opposite or square. And so that's why we feel that's why. And that's also why if you look at like child development cycles, like those are like stages of development, it's also Saturn cycles. So it's just, yeah, anyways, people who don't believe in astrology, I'm like, come on now, (laughs) look around. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was, no, I was just going to say how, you know, we see this so much where it's like most of our unconscious imprinting is from the ages of zero to seven, because we are, like you said, pure, pure, like consciousness, like just completely like a little open sponge. Right. And then we're yeah. literally talking about that. Like that's your SQ. So, yeah. and then, but, but people talk about this from a psychological perspective, like, Oh, that's when you pick up your behaviors and you know, the wounding and the so on. And then here we are with astrology and we're like, yes, here's the astrology, <laughs> astrological perspective of the same right. shit. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's so true. I love it. But yeah, so yeah, I can totally tell you about um, gate 38. So um, if you would see my my astrology chart, you'd see that I have six planets in Capricorn. So I have like, you know, Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and then Uranus and Neptune. So this is my Venus and Mars or yeah, Venus and Mars, right? IQ is Venus, SQ is Mars or goodness. IQ is Venus, EQ is Mars. There we go. Um, so 38 is a gate is a Capricorn gate. Um, and it's a gate of struggle. You could say, or the gate, rather the gate of the fighter gate 28 on the other side of the channel is the gate of struggle. Um, and so gate 38 is root center pressure, uh, to see what's worth fighting for, to see what is worth, uh, what's worth struggling for. And it's all about kind of this connection to the meaning of life. So that channel, that's individual circuitry, um, it's roots reaching to the spleen and it's like reaching for intuitive awareness of what is worth struggling for. I don't have 28 on the other side. I have the pressure to struggle. I just don't have like the intuitive knowing of what is worth struggling for and fighting for. Um, And so the shadow of gate 38 or jinky 38 is is struggle, being a victim of the belief that you have to struggle. Um, And so I catch myself all the time being like, why does it have to be easy for everyone else but me? And it's like this victim, this victim consciousness, whenever things are are difficult, um, I like fall into this belief where nobody else had to have the struggle. Everybody else had to have it, you know, got to have it easy. And like, I had to like actually work for it. And I still, or I still continue to have to work for it. And I don't get, I don't get the thing that I want. You know what I mean? So that's been like a, a continuous, uh, um, thing in my life. And you mentioned it being like those, those like 14 years from eight to, uh, to 21 and uh from 8 to 21 is is like i moved to the us um from venezuela at age 7 7 and a half um and so like moving to the us was like after my first saturn cycle and i started getting into this pattern of struggle and and my entire like school experience felt like a struggle um so be like making friends keeping friends um having yeah having any sort like like being seen by the boys you know and like being seen as like 
wanted or worthy or something like that. Um, all of that felt very difficult. Um, and it's funny because I'm a two and I have a lot of line twos and, I, and I'm mostly line fives. And so I'm pretty natural, the things that I do and everything feels pretty practical. And, um, you know, I'm able to have a lot of like power around it, which is a line five. And you see my, my, my Venus sequence is like half line five. So it's a lot of line fives in there, but yeah, it's just like, even school felt like a struggle, even though I'm not like I love school and like when when I went to university it was like the thing I most excelled at because I finally had something first of all I was out of I was getting out of this pattern but I finally had something that lit me up as a generator in terms of like what I wanted to study um so yeah I mean school just felt fucking hard middle school was hard high school was hard elementary school was hard I got picked on a lot um felt very difficult to like be myself and meet people and, and have any sort of like authentic relationships. And I felt like most of that was just a big fucking struggle and everybody else got to have it easy. Um, but to kind of contemplate gate 38 a little bit more, because this is a kind of a depressing contemplation so far, every <laughs> shadow contains a gift, right? <laughs> that is the magic of the gene keys. And if you know somebody who is willing to struggle that much, when they are no longer a, a victim of the belief that they have to struggle, they become somebody who can persevere, right? Because it's like, you're choosing it. Like I'm still choosing to show up every day. I could have easily given up and been like, fuck it. I don't want to make any friends and I'm just going to be a bitch to everybody and blah, 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 blah. But I still continue to struggle, even though I was a victim of it. Um, but when you are no longer a victim of it, which is always the way to transform any sort of shadow, the shadow is just a illusion of victimization, right? Which is why Jinky 55 is like so interesting because the shadow is victimization. It's like the microcosm for all of the gene keys. Um, you become free, which is the gift of 55. You become free of the shadow and you can actually become empowered with it. So I, I struggle all the time with things, but I'm not a victim of it anymore. Like business is not easy. Like it can be very easy, but most, a lot of times you're going to be doing difficult things. And when you are not being there sitting, whining about this hard thing that you have to do, and you're just like, yep, I'm just going to trudge up this mountain because that's what it's going to take. And you're not a victim of it. You become somebody who's like a persevering individual, which is the gift of perseverance. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about gate 38. I love that so much. And I think it's really interesting because I feel like I can relate to you in the sense of when I look at my gene keys, I have 41.4 in my SQ and my EQ. So that's literally from the age of like zero to 15. And what's interesting is that when I was seven years old, I feel like this conversation is like so depressing, but like, we're just talking about <laughs> real shit here. So at seven yes. years old, my, my dad, met my ex-stepmom so there's a hint right there how that went and they were in a relationship for like eight years and so the shadow of 41 is fantasy is like very cyclical like things happening over and over again and like I'm telling you right now long story short it was a very toxic experience like a lot of mental emotional abuse in those mm. years when she was around and with my dad and it was just brutal but it's so funny because it was through like I really did have the experience of perseverance, even though obviously that's, that's gene key 38, where I obviously had, I had to go through it. Like I'm a child. I can't just like leave my house. Right. But yeah, there was this anticipation of the gift of like, this is not going to last forever. Like this cannot last forever. Like, how can this be different? And that's really how you interrupt fantasy. Right. And fantasies mm -hmm. in the context of like, things that are not serving us. Cause obviously having a fantasy or an idea of something positive is different, but I'm talking, we're talking about the shadow of this. Right. And then emanation is obviously the consequence, like the byproduct of this shifting and being different. And so I really felt like, even though this happened between the ages of zero to like 15 years old for me, I didn't really understand this without a human design gene keys lens until my mid twenties. Cause I didn't know about the gene keys till I was like 29. And so mm. when I, 
when looking back now, I'm like, yes, Kayla. So you really experienced like the anticipation definitely came around age 15 when she left, like, thank sweet Lord that she left. (laughs) And then it's like emanation. I am the product and consequence of somebody who is resilient, who knows what they want in relationships, who's unwilling to, to tolerate cycles that don't serve myself, my partner in relationships, like the tolerance level is just so low. Right. So I really, Mm. I really find it so interesting how you had, you know, those like 15 years of like these patterns of struggle. And then I really experienced that, like literally at the age seven. So it was like all this unconscious programming until then parents separated when I was three, right at seven years old, meet this woman until like the age of 15. So I'm just looking at this. I'm like, wow, this is so aligned with the Dean keys. (laughs) Yes, that makes so much sense. Do you, I'm curious if you found yourself like daydreaming a lot to escape from like the experience that you were having at home. I feel like I lived, so I lived a very bipolar life in the sense that like my mom married my stepdad and we had like a very healthy household. Like they're still Mm. together and it's been like 25 plus years. They had Mm. my sisters and like I, they're they're technically my half sisters. I call them my sisters. You know, it it was a very loving, stable relationship. And then I would go to like my dad's house and it would be like, you know, they're drinking, there's alcoholism, there's drinking and driving. There's like mental, emotional, like borderline physical abuse. Like it was insane. So I feel like the cycle, that was the Mm. cycle, like healthy, good, not so good. Like, so I feel like the daydreaming was just like, oh, okay, Monday to Wednesday, I'm going to be here. And then I'm going to go there. And that's just, that was my life, especially for the first like 12 years. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's super, that's super intense. But also when you see these systems, isn't it validating? You know what I mean? To have somebody oh, yeah. name the experience and be like, okay, like I'm not psychotic. Like this actually is like what was happening. Yeah, totally. And then I look yeah. at the IQ. So, you know, that, uh, gate 19 or gene key 19 and that sensitivity like that makes so much sense you know like I'm in Mm. my 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 young teens to early 20s and I am extremely sensitive like the way that I feel about relationships like I mean I definitely am like wounded from my childhood and at, at that point like not having full consciousness of how to process or do emotional or nervous system regulation at all so I could see how that that shows up right and being practical about it too like the five like okay Kayla like what are you going to do to, you know, not have these fantasies and and patterns show up? Like, how are you going to be sensitive? How can you be sensitive to yourself and others? Like, it's just, it's really interesting looking at, you know, retrospect, not having no idea about the gene keys then, but seeing the patterns now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I love these systems for their like just so, so on point, like validation of our experience. My favorite way to describe it is they feel like a personal attack because they're just so like on point. <laughs> I know. Oh it's like, God. raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by the gene keys. It's like, me. <laughs> but also they're so liberating, you know, they're so yeah. validating and liberating. So yeah. Yeah. Fascinating I contemplation. Would... Thanks for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. I was just listening to you and I was like, I can relate to this in like a different way. So I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. We have different gene keys, but like we're talking about the same spheres and how it really is a different pathway for each person. I would love, I would love to talk about the core wound for you and like your experience of like contemplating that. Cause that's been like a massive breakthrough for me in business. I'll talk, I had 34 as my vocation and you have 44.3. I have, I think it's 34.3. So let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about this and the three line too. And uh, and and just like share because I, I love these stories that we're sharing right now. So good. Yay. Yeah, let's do it. So what's what's interesting is that I feel like I have a pretty awesome grasp of like most 
Gene Keys and Gates and 44. I don't know if it's because if it's, it's my core wound. It's also my pearl. I don't know if it's because it's my core wound that I just like, there's so much going on, but it's also one of those Gene Keys where it's very different than the gate in human design. So there's like a lot of things that are different. So let's talk about it. Gate 44, it's the gate of alertness in human design system. Uh, it's reaching towards gate 26 in the ego center. So it's splenic energy reaching towards the ego center. It's the only channel that connects the ego to the spleen. Um, and uh, it's a channel of the entrepreneur, right? So gate 44 is alert and intuitive about uh, like what the tribe needs. It's this tribal circuitry. It's also fear of the past. So it's really good at assessing past patterns. So this is like the pattern recognition gate essentially. And it's, and it's good at assessing like past patterns and supply and demand. So then mixed with the egoism of gate 26, which is like pride and the egoist and the trickster and the salesman, this is the channel of the entrepreneur, somebody who intuitively knows what the tribe needs, has the ego and willpower to sell it. And so boom, becomes a really successful entrepreneur. So makes a lot of sense. Again, I have 1 million planets in Capricorn. There is a business tycoon living inside of me, but also my core wound is in the channel of entrepreneurship. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and my pearl, and this is in the pathway of like fucking prosperity. So it's like just business, you know what I mean? Like everything <laughs> is like business entrepreneurship, get the tribe what they need. So um, so that's a little bit about gate 44. Um, one of the intuitive gifts of this gate uh, is smell. So this is the gate of intuitive smell. Um, there are some gates that have, uh, or there are some senses that have multiple gate placements. This is the only gate that relates to smell. So if you learn anything about like PHS and you see where the binaries are in the you know three awareness centers, you'll see that taste and smell live in uh, the splenic center because it's those are the oldest uh, tones. Those are the oldest cognitions and gate 44 is where smell lives. Uh, and if you're curious, taste lives in 48. Um, so yeah, so that's like the gate of alertness. Then you go to Gene Keys and Gene Keys is like, this is all about karmic relationships and like reincarnation and fractal lines. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, how does that relate to like this alert salesman who can like smell people and like have this like good, you know, assessment of the past? Like what the fuck's going on here? But there is, there is, some like overlap. So this is like my contemplation so far and what feels very true for me. And I continued to contemplate, especially the word synarchy. I'm still like, blah. So lots of things with Jinky 44. So Jinky 44, it's called karmic relationships. The shadow is interference. Um, I, well, I don't remember what the victimization theme is off the top of my head right now. I'll have to look it up really quick. I think quick, it's but, shame. Isn't it the three uh, line? Does it have to do with shame? The line three core wound is the wound of shame, um, but I'm trying to remember what the victim theme of gate 44 is. Um, and mm. I love to, I love to look at those. And I have, I do, I always have the gene keys pulled up uh, on my little app uh, on my computer. So let me pull that up in a second. But yeah, anyways, so gene key 44, the shadows interference. This is interference as in like the friction between two individuals. So um, this is karmic relationships. So we're supposed to have a partnership that works like the binary should work between two people but interference shows up when there's something wrong with relationships and we need to heal that. Not only heal that because of the relationship between two people, but also heal the entire fractal line in doing that. <laughs> so fractal lines become this very interesting contemplation uh, around reincarnation and soul families and things like that. And essentially the teaching there to, to put a very mystical teaching in like a nutshell is this idea that when the big bang happened, we split into three lines and all of those can kind of be traced, like all of our fractals can be traced back to this, to three original fractals. Um, and what you believe is reincarnation is not necessarily your soul reincarnating like over and over again. It's like, you're remembering your fractal line. And that is like, what's reincarnating. The fractal line is reincarnating. So when you think of your past life, it's not like Maria's soul was like an Antarctic, you know, like 
tribe member 10,000 years ago, it's like, I'm remembering my fractal lines story. So really mystical contemplation. You're like, again, what the fuck does this have to do with entrepreneurship? It's like so confusing, like putting it together. But anyways, this is like kind of what I get so far. Um, what's interesting, how this relates to the splenic center for me is the shadows, the repressive and reactive shadows of interference are the repressive nature of being distrustful and the reactive nature of being misjudging. So this is where we get that intuitive sense, right? Intuitive smell. And you'll, you'll hear, uh, you'll see him talk about it in the book, the gate 44, Jinky 44, this person has intuitive smell. They need to be in front of a person to know if they want to have teamwork, which is a gift for that person, or if it's going to be interference. But when you're in the shadow, you're misjudging the person reactively. So you don't, you're, you don't trust your intuitive smell and you end up doing something with that person, like getting into a relationship with that person when you shouldn't have trusted them or repressively, if you're really, really afraid, then you're going to be distrustful and you might like miss out on trusting somebody that you should have trusted. So for me, this was a very interesting contemplation because I had a, I don't know many people that have had a point moment of their core wound. For most people, it's just like a continuous experience of this shadow. And I've also always had that, but I also had a very point moment uh, for me of my core wound, which was five years ago now, thank the fucking Lord. We're, all, we're very close, like a full Saturn cycle away from this bullshit. <laughs> Um, where I was in a relationship with somebody and I got into a relationship with this guy and he, I was in a very low state of self-worth because I had graduated, uh, university and, you know, with like all the validations, right. Honors, published papers, top of my class, literally like top of the Marine science class at BU, all the shit. And nobody fucking cared. Right. No, didn't get any jobs, da, 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 very low self-worth. And this guy was like the perfect trauma bond, you know, like giving me all the like validation that I needed. And it was a very intense relationship. You could say it was a karmic relationship, um, according to Gate 44. And uh, three months in, I uh, was told that he was married to somebody else. And he had been lying about who he was the whole time. So I misjudged him. And I saw the red flags, right? I saw the red flags. I misjudged him because I ignored those red flags. And I was distrustful of the people who were trying to tell me that there was something off with this guy. But the most difficult part about all of it was I distrusted myself. And so I needed to, from that moment, that's actually the inception of my business. From that moment, I needed to learn how to heal my relationship with myself and trust myself again. Because after that experience, I treated myself as like a total moron, like somebody who like couldn't be trusted to do anything. Like she was just it's like that moment where the rug is pulled out from under you and you're like, have I been doing anything right in my life? Like, you know, is like everything I do just like wrong? Like, it's just, it's a very horrible place to be. And so healing, and, and then with that shadow of shame, right? Line three is the, is the core wound of shame. So it's like, you should have known better. You shouldn't have gone into that thing. This is so embarrassing. You should feel bad about yourself. And this shows up all, I love shame. Shame shows up all the time. It's just like a close friend of mine, you know, it's just always <laughs> there. Um, so, so from there, I was able to go through this whole process of kind of healing my trust within myself again. Again, think, think you know, intuitive center, spleen, intuition. I got to, I got to trust myself again. And then from there, I created my business, which was the first thing I ever offered was self-trust coaching. And that was two and a half years ago. So it was like a really kind of full circle moment. So I'm grateful for that experience with this guy, but also like, holy fuck, that was a really difficult time of my life. And throughout my entire life, I've had the interference in relationships and I've been somebody who interferes in things. So that's also how you can play with the keynotes. It's not just about, you know, the thing that's written in the book, you can play with the word itself. I do interfere with things a lot. Um, so yeah, and then we get to teamwork, which in my opinion is the most boring word in the entire Jinky spectrum of consciousness. 
there's so many other good words preservation super abundance expansion peace fucking teamwork to me is so boring but um teamwork is what happens i mean i don't know i have to be honest you know um teamwork is what happens when the two are healed right the two people in the relationship are healed and then the entire fractal line starts to get healed it's like we can be in teamwork we can be in a team we can be uh in communion right the next gene key up is 45 which is about communion and synergy so it's very closely related right um uh and and by the way 44 is scorpio if that's interesting to any of you so like really deep you know relationship karmic wounding all that kind of bullshit um and i, I say bullshit lovingly um and so teamwork <laughs> for me the way that the, the way that it's kind of shown up for me right i'm a i'm a i'm an implementer of teamwork right as a line three i'm, I'm this i'm the produ producer is also what it's called in the gene keys line three is the producer i'm a producer of teamwork or i'm the strategy genius of teamwork the way that i have done it is I teach you to be a team with your chart. I teach you to be a team with yourself, with your intuition. When you work with me, we're a team. I'm on your team. I'm the biggest, I'm the best fucking cheerleader you ever had. If you ever work with me, I'm, I fucking know you. I know your chart. I remember everything about what you're up to. I, I'm always like, hey, how's your launch going? Like right now I have a friend who's like going through a divorce and it's been really difficult for her. And I have like been on her team, you know, and I've been the like, huge supporter. It's just like how the 44 shows up for me. Um, and so that's a little bit about teamwork. And then synarchy is this like Cidic state where there's no hierarchy anymore, right? So teamwork is still kind of being in a bit of a hierarchy. It's like, well, we're, our team is this. And so this is kind of where tribal circuitry comes in. It's like, well, my tribe has this standing and your tribe has that standing. We're good in the tribe, but like, we're still have a hierarchy. Synarchy is like no hierarchy anymore. Um, and as a person who had to flee a communist country, it's a very triggering word for me of like, we're all the same, right? Because that's what communism wants is like everybody to be equal, but communism doesn't fucking work. Um, equality works, but communism is a great way to make everybody equal, aka everybody is like on the ground and the person in charge is like still the one that's ruling everything and it's very corrupt system. So yeah, not I'm an, I'm an anti-communist for sure. Um, but the way that I heard Synarchy describe that I loved and mostly relate to is the feeling that you are connected to all beings and you are all one. So good. And I've always felt that way. Um, and, uh, and that's what synarchy is. It's like, we're all connected and we're all one. The shit that you hear all the fucking time, right? Anytime you meditate, we're all one. We're all connected. What I do to you is you do to me, like all this shit. That's that you can put that in, in the word synarchy. And so that's what I relate to the most because you go from interfering with being with oneness, right? To being a team, but still not quite fully surrendering your ego to then synarchy where the ego is fully surrendered. It's not just a team of two people. It's like, we're all one. Um, so yeah, so that's my vocation. It's a really intense one. <laughs> Obviously for everybody, everybody's gonna say that about their vocation, but I just, having a gate that is so different from the gene key makes it, <laughs> makes me talk for 15 minutes about it. Like I just did. <laughs> oh my God, so, yeah. no, but it was so good. And I so appreciate that story. Like you just literally took us on a journey with how this gate has shown up for you and just, and the yeah. gene key and everything. And just that, you know, your vulnerability with the experience that you had five years ago and just how this gave it a name. You know what I mean? It's like, a, it's like one thing, I feel like when you don't have gene keys or human design and you look back at the parts of your life, you're like, that shit was hard. You know, you're like, that shit was hard. Yeah. This is what I learned from it. But then when you, when you look at it from a genetic perspective of the gene keys, like literal word gene key, it's right. like, oh, this makes sense. Like it just goes so much deeper. Like when I look at you know, fantasy from 41 in my EQ and SQ, I'm like, oh yeah, I can fucking see that. Like I can see why I know how to anticipate and change things. Like I'm here to break these cycles. Right. But it's one thing to be like, yeah, you know, like that's, that was just my, 
my karmic experience in life and this is how it's supposed to be. So I, I really love like you just have so much awareness of that. I feel like you gave such a beautiful explanation of it. That was like amazing. That was so good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's so nice to like be able to talk about it such so in depth because I just got some insights around it too. Um, and so I really appreciate that. And, and yeah, gay 44, it's a continual contemplation for me. Do you have this experience of like your vocation is kind of the hardest of the gene keys to grasp? Or do you feel like you have a really good grasp on yours? I feel like so it was really interesting. I'll talk about 34 as my vocation. I'll kind of share yeah. a story with this. So I don't know if you, do you remember reading about 34 in the Gene Keys book? Yes. So do I, you remember, I remember where I was? <laughs> yeah. So it was the, the, the book is talking about this example of someone being an Olympic athlete and having this like ability to go from fourth, just like having strength and then, you know, majesty, which is like another fun word of the Gene Keys. So I thought this was really interesting because when I looked at my vocation, my core wound, and I was like, okay, what is this? Because the core wound is obviously also connected to the pearl sequence. And I was contemplating the pearl sequence last fall. And I really mm -hmm. find a strong connection between my core wound and my culture, like the shadow of my mm -hmm. culture of stress. So I'll talk about that a little bit. And I can really see how this showed up in my business. So what I thought was so interesting was that I'm reading the Gene Keys book and I'm like, what the fuck is 34? Like, what is this about? Right. And so this is in the sacral center, just so people know, and it reaches up in a few different places but anyways the point is I was like okay so force I'm, I'm forcing I'm forcing things in my business why am I forcing things in my business like I force everything in my life like I you know I even had the experience of being you know an Olympic level athlete and this is what caught me when I was reading the Gene Keys book I was like what because Whoa. I all of a sudden had the examples talking about being an Olympic athlete and you know, the process of athleticism and having strength. And it's just like a, it's an ongoing rhythm. And that's one of the things with the 34 is that you find a rhythm where you're not forcing things. Right. And so I was like, this is so interesting because I looked at my, my, my time of being a competitive rugby athlete for 17 years. And about 10 years into that, I went to the university Olympics and we won a bronze medal with my team. And it was really interesting because how the opportunity came up with me getting selected for the team, it was all very natural. I didn't force anything. I didn't even know I was being scouted. Like I was just playing with my university team, like minding my own fucking business. And it mm. just happened, you know, like these things were just happening. And I was like, Kayla, like what, what were you doing? And I started contemplating one of the biggest commitments I ever made in my life was being a, a, like a, a rugby athlete, like competitively. And so I started mm -hmm. looking at the patterns and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. The 34 is in the sacral. The sacral is about pleasure. It's about joy. It's about knowing when to rest. Why do you think you were a successful athlete? You were completely in rhythm with your sacral energy. So then mm. I started to look at how I was showing up in my business. And it was like, okay, Kayla, you need to create this content. You need to get these podcast episodes out. You need to post here. You need to launch every month. You need to do all this shit. And I was like, that's not sustainable obviously it's yeah. not sustainable. I would never, I'm not going to start training for rugby 10 times a week and like stop eating food and sleeping just so I can play more rugby. Like that makes no sense. Right. So I really mm. started to see the parallels and I thought it was like such a beautiful sign from the universe. When I realized the story literally from the Gene Keys book talking about being an Olympic athlete. And I was like, Oh my God. So this really happened in the fall where I actually, speaking of the shadow of the line three, so it's 34.3s in my core wound. I had to process so much shame because I had forced things for almost three years straight and nothing was working how I wanted it to. And I felt like a fucking failure. Like I felt like I had done everything wrong. I felt like 
you know, I had spent so much money. I had nothing to show for it. I didn't have the clients. I didn't have like a rhythm with launching. Like I had, I just didn't have what I wanted. Like, I wouldn't say I didn't have nothing because I definitely had progress, but it wasn't like for the amount of effort, it was not impressive to me. (laughs) So (laughs) that was something that, that I really contemplated. And then I started getting into the pearl sequence and I started noticing as soon as I learned that stress, the shadow of my culture sphere, which the Gene Key 52.3 lives in there, will block prosperity. I realized I'm like, okay, Kayla, so if you're forcing things and then you're stressed out about it, you are not going to generate the prosperity that you want. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time freedom. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about feeling relaxed. I'm talking about magnetizing the things that you want. So it started, I started to kind of bind and it's funny, actually, I just realized that the three line with culture is unit, right? But I started to sort of bind like vocation core wound with culture. And I'm like, Kayla, if you're stressed, you're probably forcing something. And when I started to contemplate these two spheres, I literally unlocked prosperity on so many different ways and had like a massive up level in the last like five months of this year. And so that's been my experience with the core wound. Badass. Yeah. So I think it's so cool that we have each have our own stories, but it is like something that happens or like something that like doesn't make sense. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And then it things start to click. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's so interesting about the gene keys is like, what it really is. I mean, the way Richard describes it is truthful. Like you just start to contemplate it and things just start to unlock. Like it's not, there isn't a moment. I mean, yeah, I, I remember where I was when I was reading Gene Key 34, I was in my uh, apartment in Germany, laying on the bed face down, reading it. Like, yes, I remember that moment, but did I have like a quantum up level in that moment? Sure. My DNA got some crazy, you know, sense of resonance, you know, from reading that, but it's, it's through the continual kind of playing with this energy and, and seeing how it shows up in your life. And you don't necessarily realize that it's happening, that shit starts to happen. So yeah, I definitely resonate with that. That's so interesting. And I love that you tie the vocation and the culture, like all together. Cause I, I definitely, for sure, when I'm doing things in business, I'm always looking at like my culture, uh, um, sphere and you and I have very applicable shadows. So like yours is stress minus failure. So of course those things relate very, they're very applicable to business. It's like my fear of failure or like I'm stressed out about business versus somebody maybe in like codependence or, or, you know, uh, could, or self-obsession, maybe that's a little bit more, uh, you know, what's the word more nuance in terms of applying it, but I love how you really, really tie those two together. So that's super, that's super awesome. Um, do you find that, do you, do you find yourself more often now thinking, oh, I'm in strength. This is what strength feels like. Does it feel that like that kind of obvious to you, or is it still just this kind of mystical process as it is for most of us? (laughs) I, especially lately in the last few months, like I think, so something that happened for me in April was, so I've been in business like over three years now. And April was the first time I ever had a five figure month, like cash. And it took me like, quote, thank you. (laughs) Like air quotes, it took me over three years. And like, I don't hear people share about this. You know, it's like, how quickly can you scale? How quickly, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, that is not my story, like whatsoever. And so I really started to think about this lately. And there's a really amazing quote that my boyfriend shared with me. And it was humble enough to know I can lose it all, confident enough I can I can get it all back. And I thought yes. this, I was like this, that for me encompasses strength. And I really thought about it. And I was like, Kayla, yeah. after all this time, what if you lost your Instagram account, you lost all your followers? What if, you know, your Podbean hosting platform for your freaking podcast channel blew up and you lost everything? 
who the fuck would you be if you lost <laughs> everything and had to start again? And I was like, I would still be the same person like that. And I was like, that that's strength. That's literally what strength is to me is that it's not about, I don't have to force things to happen. It might take time, mm. but it's just really being embodied in that humble and that confidence of that, that quote that I shared with you. I feel like that just like captured it so beautifully. So I like, love that you asked me that question. Yay. Oh, I'm glad that was a helpful question. That is a fucking awesome quote for gate 34. I love that. And I don't have it in my gene keys like sequences but I do have that gate defined in my chart and by the way everybody you can contemplate any of these gene keys like I don't have a couple that I find myself often contemplating uh like nine I find myself often contemplating I don't have that gene key so anyways you don't have to have this stuff in your chart but yeah as somebody that does have 34 and has it in channel like you do it's my manifesting generator channel that is a really powerful quote for me as well so thank you for sharing that yes oh my god you're so welcome holy cow this conversation was so good and I loved that we went into the Venus sequence and we just like I think this really helps people when you know let's say they look at they look at a gate and they're like or a gene key and they're like okay this is the shadow gifted city like how the fuck does that apply to my life and they don't they like don't know but then we come in here and we're like okay this is what happened this is the shit that blew up this is what came together this is what we realized and it's like oh that's how you contemplate you know yes Exactly. And another reminder too, is like, obviously Kayla and I have been like contemplating this shit for a while. So it's not like, we just like read about our gene keys and immediately we're like, this is the story and this is how it works. And da, 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 da. it's like, I've been thinking about 44 for like a minute. And so have you, you know, about 34 and, and all that stuff. Like it takes time to kind of pull, pull your life story together and be like, oh, that's how this relates to this experience that I had or X, Y, Z. So just, you know, the path of the gene keys, gentleness, inquiry, contemplation, and patience, you know, just give yourself some grace. It takes time and there's like no rush. There's no finish line. So, oh yeah. Yes. That's the truth. There's no finish line. There's no finish line. So it's not like you get a cookie when you make it to the end, because there's no end. Just eat cookies along the way. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. Just eat cookies along the way. That's perfect. I love that. So good. So before I kind of wrap things up today, can you share what you have going on in your business, like what people can find when they look for you online, obviously where they can connect with you online. And and then we're just going to take the conversation on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that invitation. So I, everything you can, everything that I do online, you can find on Instagram at by Maria Henning. And right now I just opened up a gene keys program. So speaking of the gene keys, um, it's a six month group live it's like a course uh, and group coaching hybrid experience of going through the three sequences um, and having teaching moments of what I just talked about. So what does Gene Key 34.3 look like in a vocation or whatnot? Uh, and then also the integration experience. So like having Q&A, you can ask me about your Gene Keys, get me, get my eyes on your chart. And then also have like, you know, we have group support in between. So that just opened, it's called the master key. Um, so becoming, you know, unlocking your, your, your genius consciousness with the Gene Keys. And other than that, I have, um, my app is about to be released. Uh, so it's already been released the first version, but it's about the phase two is about to be released in June. So that's really exciting. So if you're a nerd about this stuff, that's also what I'm up to. So yeah, you can work with me on the jinkies, uh, and, uh, you can use the app to become a better reader, teacher, or coach. Um, and I have some other smaller containers, but, um, those are opening a little bit later, uh, in the year, maybe a couple months or so, but yeah, that's what's happening right now. And all that's, that's on Instagram. That's so awesome. Thank you. Before we wrap yeah. things up, I did this last time where I always ask like, what's like an intuitive hit or wisdom nugget that you want to share with the audience before we end our conversation? Oh, intuitive hit, intuitive hit. Um, 
Okay, here's the thing. Here's something that I've been contemplating for a little bit. I'm about to make a post on because it's just been such a nice contemplation that has made a lot of things shift for me, uh, which is a contemplation on the gate that I don't have. So again, 42, it's the gated detachment. So you'll hear all the time, detach from the outcome, detach from the outcome. And when you want something really badly, it becomes really difficult to detach from the outcome, right? You're very excited about the thing you needed to happen. There's a lot of pressure on that gift or, or to get to get to getting that thing that you want at the end. Um, but detachment, truly, when, when people say let it go, what that actually means is being willing to let go of the thing that you want, be, like being willing to be okay that you don't get the thing. And that's how you actually take the pressure off the thing. Because if you, if you won't be okay, not hitting the 10 figure month or five, whatever, fuck, I'm so sick right now. <laughs> like, I'm like feeling my brain go crazy. Hey, we can 10 have a figures 10 figure is month. great. Yes. 10 <laughs> figures would be amazing. Anyway, the 10 game month, the five figure month, if you were not going to be okay with not having that, then you can't, then there's no way you can detach from the outcome. You have to actually be okay with not hitting the 10 K month. You have to be okay with not getting the apartment that you want or whatever. And that is how you actually detach from the outcome. And what it feels like is it feels like free fall. It does not feel good. It does not feel comfortable. It doesn't feel like, ah, and I let it go. Like it does not fucking feel like that. It feels very scary. Um, and so, yeah, I don't hear, I, whenever people would say detach from the outcome, I'd be like, say that to me again and I'll punch you in the mouth. Like I hate that fucking phrase because it's not helpful. So this is what has been helpful to me. You have to be willing to let it go and it feels like free fall. So yeah, that's my intuitive hit for you today. <laughs> Hope that was helpful. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I think that was such a beautiful reminder. And it's true. It kind of ties into my experience of strength with 34. You know, this like, who are you when you lose it all? Like, can you, can you stand in that with strength? You know what I mean? And I feel like that's really mm. similar to what you just shared. And I think it's a really powerful message. Yay. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and having me on as a part two. It's been wonderful and lovely. And uh, I hope all of you listening got something out of this conversation. Oh, for sure. So thank you again for coming on. And I want to thank all the listeners as well. Be sure to follow Maria on Instagram, check out her offers. And of course, when you listen to this, share it on social media and tag us and we'll be excited with you. We'd love to hear your insights on, you know, contemplating your Venus. And maybe you had one of the gene keys that we talked about today. So thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review and I will chat with you in the next episode.